Oh, great Odin's raven. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. This is, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode number five. My name is Adam. With me, my partner in crime, Kevin. How are you doing there, Kevin? Uh, not too bad. Uh, today, we have a fantastic show for you. We're going to be having Ryan back with us to tell us about a little-known movie we had him watch called Adventures of Power. And later, we're going to be talking about censorship and the MPAA. Um Let's, uh, real quick, let's first try and decide here. Do you think that he liked this movie? No, I don't. I don't think he liked it. He actually sent me a text message when he was watching it on uh, Friday and was like, I don't even know if I can finish this. So (laughs) (laughs) so we'll we'll see. Um, I, I look forward to it. Before we get into the movies we watched this week, I also wanted to tell you that um, earlier in the a few weeks ago, I said that I was reading Hunger Games and that I yes. <laughs> that I was not liking it. Well, I'm almost done with the first book now, Ooh. and I'm upgrading my thoughts from hating it to tolerating, tolerating, <laughs> tolerating. It's actually not too bad. It's better than I thought it would be, but. I'm not done yet, so it could still go either way. I will be seeing the movie, uh, just, I guess, to compare it with the book. Yeah. Especially because the book is R-rated. I mean, it, it should be the amount of violence in it, I would think, would definitely be an R-rated movie. So, I'm thinking that they, well, they obviously dumbed down the violence to get the PG-13, but... Yeah. I think this is one of those situations where it could actually detract from the story Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, these young people and they actually have to, you know, deal with the crazy stuff that's happening to them and, and deal with the fact that they have to kill each other. And I think by eliminating a lot of the blood and violence and stuff, it might, you know, detract from it a little bit. But, um, is, is it because you know I've only seen I think I saw one trailer and I just sort of heard about it here and there but I always thought to me it seemed um, that it was just battle royale essentially yeah I mean it, it's very similar it's like you know children being forced to kill each other but um the the way that the book works is that it's a lot more about just survival. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they get into a lot more of like survival tactics, like, you know, building campfires at certain times so as to not be seen by other people and like foraging for food and setting traps and hunting and that type of thing. <laughs> so it, it is it has a little bit of a different tone and it's mm-hmm. very it's very sci fi. The oh, okay. it it's, takes place way in the future, and my biggest gripe about the the book and I'm sure subsequently the movie is that the names of all the people are so ridiculous. 
Mm-hmm. I can't stand any of their names. Like the main character's names, Katniss. And, oh yeah, that's right. And her her si- <laughs> her sister's names, Prim, Primrose, Prim- Primrose, and there's just all the names are so stupid, and that that bothers me. And some of the terminology <laughs> that they use is it bugs me. Overall, it's kind of a cool story. I mean. I need to finish the first book to really say if I'm into it or not. And I'm definitely not going to read the other two books in the series unless unless it really turns out good. I was just going to ask, how many books are there? In There's this? three. There's, it's three. three. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I don't know if... I'm assuming that they want to make a franchise out of the movies, too. So I'm assuming yeah. that the first movie covers the first book. But I don't know if if they get into like the second book at all in the movie i doubt it though yeah oh my goodness their names are terrible yeah they're so stupid dude like hamich and (laughs) this is fantastic hamich abernathy really Mm -hmm. clove Mm -hmm. seneca crane primrose everdeen caesar flickerman and claudius templesmith yeah, and her, You're kidding me. her partner in the Hunger Games, his name is Peta, and he's a baker's son, so he's a baker, and his name's Peta, as in Peta Bread. Nice. So it's kind of dumb, and it, it does get very, very sci-fi. Like, there's hovercrafts and, like, <laughs> a lot of, like, scientific <clears throat> things that just don't exist, you know, like... Yeah. Like, there's this, um, I don't think I'm giving too much away, but there's this, like, type of wasp that was, like, uh, genetically engineered um, to, to, like, fight in, like, wars and stuff, and, like, they have to deal with those, too, and they're, like, really, really deadly wasps that are, like, big and stuff. (laughs) So it does get kind of, (laughs) it does get kind of fanciful. Nice. And And, and there's one thing that, I'm not going to watch this movie and I think you remember this I I cannot stand Lenny Kravitz apparently Lenny Kravitz is in yeah, this movie yeah he is I don't, I don't know which character he plays um, Cinna oh he plays Cinna okay so Cinna is the like stylist that is charged with um, fixing up Katniss to make her look good for the Hunger Games like uh, each okay. each uh, tribute they call them tributes. Each tribute gets their own stylus that makes them look uh, good. Nice. And yeah, so so I I don't know if he'll be in it very much because I'm assuming that because in the book it's like you're like ten chapters in before they even get to the Hunger Games. So I'm pretty sure that in the movie they're gonna go through all that stuff pretty quickly. Let's move on to movies we watched this week. Uh, What's the first movie we are talking about today? Uh, I was going to just mention something real quick because it sort of ties in with how we can't stand uh, names like Mm -hmm. this. Because that's one of my biggest things. Just for some reason, I can't take uh, a director or an author seriously when they have such ridiculous names for their characters. Which brings me to, I got to see a little bit of Restless. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And 
Number one, I never wanted to see this movie to begin with because the main character's name is Enoch. Mm-hmm. Which, come on. And and then, of course, I, I, I sit down. I see, first there's Enoch, which I'm already not happy about. And then there's a character called Alger. Yeah. And it's just, come on. I really Please. hated that movie. Um, Please. If you're curious about Restless, we have a review for that on the site. Um, it, not worth seeing. It's, you know, it's. I'm sick of these, like, hipster indie films that, you know, that with these kids yeah. that are, like, wise beyond their years. And it, it's just, just yeah. unbelievable and just... And, I can't stand those yeah. movies. <clears throat> I'm just thinking of Gus Van Zandt sitting around like, I gotta think of the most pretentious names I can think of. Enoch. The character's name will be Enoch. I'm tired <clears throat> of him making those kinds of movies like Elephant and Paranoid yeah. Park and all those like teen yeah, how drama. You? you know. How old are you? I feel like he's trying to be like Good. Larry Clark or something. Like he's a more... Uh, family-friendly version of Larry Clark. Could be. Yeah, I just... Oh, my God. I thought that was pretentious shite. I absolutely hated it. Yeah. Hated it. Um, one movie that we both saw this <laughs> week was This Must Be the Place, the new um, Sean Penn film. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Yes, very good. So you, you did like it. You did like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I loved it. It was just... It's such a great story. Mm-hmm. The whole premise is just... Ah, oh, it's so amazing. Basically, um, Sean Penn plays this aging rock star. He looks exactly like the dude from The Cure. Yeah, it's um, pretty much... He's pretty much... He pretty much plays the yeah. lead singer of The Cure. I think his name's like Robert Smith. Yeah. And, um... Sean Penn's character's name is John Smith. And um, basically, he's just kind of bored with life. He just kind of lives day to day in his multi-million dollar freaking castle mansion. And he's he's kind of going through a midlife crisis. And then he finds out that his father has died. And he goes... He lives in... um, the United Kingdom, I believe. Is it the United Kingdom, or does he live in... Um, I think he lives in the UK. And I think... Uh, let me... Th- oh, what is it? I think he actually lives in... Uh, I think it might be like Scotland or something Scotland. like that. Yeah, I think it might be Scotland. Um, so basically, he goes back to the States to attend his father's funeral, and um, it becomes apparent that his father never really approved of his lifestyle and, and never really liked him. He never felt like his father really loved him. Uh, but then he finds out that, uh, well, his father was a, a Holocaust survivor. And one of the things that he was doing before he died was trying to track down this Nazi that was um, in charge or one of the guards or something in the prison camp that he attended and he was looking for this Nazi to kill him. So yes. Sean Penn decides that he's going to kind of pick up the mantle and find this Nazi that uh, imprisoned his father and kill him. So mm-hmm. he goes on this 
it, it kind of turns into this uh, like road trip comedy almost where he goes all across um, the the country looking for this guy, this this Nazi war criminal. And it's very bizarre. It's very funny. The, the writing and the dialogue. I mean, Sean Penn, it's so great to see him going back to like a comedic role because he's mm-hmm. so funny. Yes. Um, a lot of interesting, colorful characters. Uh, the way it was shot was really cool too. I thought that the like the cinematography was really gorgeous. Um, just an overall really really great movie. I, I it felt like kind of um it felt like almost like a, a Wes Anderson film to me. Very like mm. quirky, you know, like kind yeah. of just very interesting. Um, but yeah, that that was one of my early uh, top favorites of the year so far. Yeah, it was. He did an unbelievable job, you know, essentially playing the lead singer of The Cure. It mm-hmm. was just <laughs> his voice and just everything. Yeah, he had a very uh, <laughs> very interesting voice. I think a lot of people had problems with that because um, his voice is kind of... <laughs> it's very, very, very soft and... Um, prissy. I would call it prissy. Yeah. Prescience, but you know, sort of soft. It just, but I thought that made it better. That it made it so much funnier to me. Yeah, it's, you know, delivering lines in that voice. <laughs> yeah, and there was just he was just it was just a great character. I mean that that character was, and one thing that I mentioned, um, I don't know if I mentioned it in our review or not, but uh, it wasn't like. You know, most of these movies about rock stars or aging rock stars, um, they always kind of play not great people, like people that you wouldn't really want to hang out with. Like they're always like drug addicts or alcoholics or like womanizers and they don't really care about anybody but themselves. But his character was very likable. Like it was, and in fact, all the characters in the movie were very likable. Um, Francis McDormand plays his wife, and she's great. She's just phenomenal. And this was just an all-around must-see. Just a fantastic movie. Well, let's move on to our next segment, Ryan Watches a Movie. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh no, Carl. The little kids got naked and had lots of sex. Welcome back, Ryan. What movie did we have you watch this week? The Adventures of Power. Adventures of Power. We picked this in honor of Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. We had a tough time picking out a movie this week um, for you. The loosest connection possible. Tim and Eric are supposedly in this movie. <laughs> I th- Are they even in the movie, Ryan? I don't know, because like I told you, I don't even know what they look like. I never watched that show. I think it's just Eric Wareheim. I don't think Tim is in the movie. Well, if you look on um, Rotten Tomatoes, they're both listed in this movie. Uh-huh. What but if, but if you on... look on if you look on IMDb, neither of them are listed. What the skit on 
uh, Rotten Tomatoes by Gary Atticarius. Uh, got a 28%. So, let me just go over what this is real quick, then we'll listen to the trailer. Oh, wait. We'll... Wait one second. It, mm-hmm. He is the one IMDb's. He plays a character named Money. That's Eric Wareheim. Okay. Place yeah. Money. Hmm. I don't remember them being listed, because I remember being confused about that. Uh, So we're talking about Adventures of Power. This is a movie that came out in 2007, directed by Ari Gold. Um, Not a lot of people heard of this little movie. Uh, The IMDb synopsis says, In his quest to become the world's greatest air drummer, a small-town dreamer must overcome obstacles and ridicule to save the day. It stars Ari Gold. Uh, Michael McKean, Jane Lynch, uh, Shoshana Stern, and Adrian Grenier, who you may know from Entourage. So it has a pretty notable cast. I mean, those are all... Which, if you think about it, uh, on Entourage, Jeremy Piven's character is named Ari Gold. Yeah, it is. I thought that that was funny. Yeah, apparently they're friends, because they're in a band together. Hmm. Called the Honey Brothers. It's interesting. The Honey Brothers. That is a <laughs> terrible name for a band. Um, I, well, I, I don't know if Ari Gold's been in anything else or has done anything else uh, other than Adventures of Power. He made some short movies, I think. Yeah, I think he did th- some short films yeah, before this. Yeah. yeah, this is his first uh, full length. Let's go ahead and give a listen to the trailer for Adventures of Power. The first sound we hear is the beat of our mama's heart. But then the noise of the world drowns out that beat. Until we can't hear it anymore. I know it's too late for me to learn to play drums. I can still rock. My heart is as my memories. beautiful Oh, God. Oh, no. It's very cute. It's not cute, Aunt Joni. People think it's amazing. You know, I named you Power so that you'd be strong. I wanted you to be a man, not a pussyfooter. I'm not pussyfooting. I'm double bass drumming. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Please, stop it. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us about Adventures of Power? Well, you know, the first thing I'm telling you, you know, I know I'm heard of this because it's fucking terrible. It is the worst movie that you guys may watch so far. <laughs> mm, Without it. a doubt. Um, this, the, I don't even know where to start. This movie is just, I mean... Normally, you give me a movie and I watch it one time, but I actually had to watch this two times because uh, the first time I thought it was so dumb that I couldn't even follow the story. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is just like (laughs) the plot. I still can tell you the entire plot because I could not follow at all. Hmm. I mean, some parts yes, I can follow, but this movie is just filled with random bits of absurdity. It's just, it's crazy. 
Um, first of all, there are many, many montages. And I'm not sure if they were supposed to be funny because they were, like, making fun of the 80s. Or if they were supposed to be, like, real thoughts. And it was like, I don't, I don't understand. But anyway, um, I, th- I would imagine that they were supposed to be funny. Yeah, I think that it was supposed to be kind of like a parody. Yeah, because uh, Ari Gold's synopsis calls it an epic comedy. Hmm. I don't know. Well, <laughs> epic it was is the word. Epic. It was an epic piece of <laughs> shit. It was an epic failure. <laughs> Mm. There, Adrian Grenier, or however the f*** you say his name, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in this movie, he plays like this cowboy, like country music singer, but he's ghetto, like mm. hardcore okay. ghetto, British country. Listen, man, I'm not trying to explain the synopsis. I'm just explaining what you see in this movie. So, basically, from what I gather, the movie's about this guy who dreams of becoming a drummer, but realizes that he can't become a real drummer for whatever reason, so he decides to travel and become a world-famous air drummer. Correct. And... You know what world famous means? That means he goes to New York and he's in a competition where the grand prize is $2,000. <laughs> now, does he go to this competition? Is this like money to save his parents' house or you know how they usually do that? Where he okay. like saves the town or something? Or is it just in $2,000 the, in for the beginning, nothing? the movie starts off with him working with his dad at this power plant. And he gets fired, and his dad walks out. So no one, no one has any money anymore. So he goes to win two grand to, like, support his family. <laughs> support his family for what? Like, a month? <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's, this movie is worth watching, only to understand what I'm doing, because I know it probably sounds <laughs> random, but it's oh, oh, again I don't know, I don't uh, know how <laughs> this movie went before. What do you call this? Uh, Opinion, uh, there's opinion boards. <laughs> what do you mean? Like a test screening or? Yeah. Well, Who maybe it did. Right mind said, "Yeah, I think this is good. Let's put this out." Well, I knew that it was something special when I could not find a copy of this on DVD anywhere I looked. It was just not to be found. Yeah. Um. But the thing is, there's a lot of pretty big-name people in here. I mean... Okay, here's the thing about the big-name people. They have big-name people, and they have a, a montage 
that had the Falcon song in it. I'm sure those famous people and the rights to play that Falcon song probably cost more than it may cost to make this movie. Probably. Probably. Well, yeah, I'm reading on IMDb they have here that the budget is estimated at 2.5 million and it grossed a whopping $17,000. Oh, God. <laughs> no wonder we haven't seen any more of Ari Gold. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Apparently, he was in the movie Another Earth. Is yeah, it? you know, I did see that on his IMDb thing. Plus, he was in the movie Groove. Do you remember Groove? I loved Groove. That was, a, was, that was a great movie. He was in Is Groove. It, isn't the guy on Entourage based on them? No. It's on? I thought it was. Why, why would it be based on him? <laughs> because he's a director and that Adrian guy is one of his friends, so... Maybe, I don't know. No, I mean, Ari Gold and Entourage is like a huge successful yeah now but i thought it was loosely based on mm. it <laughs> very loosely <laughs> loose in the name of, in the way that their name is the same and yes. i would imagine that their name is just coincidentally the same yeah i imagine that they're just like there's know, a they borrowed this name for it there's also parts in this movie many parts they're ripped off from other like uh, there's you a mean scene homage <laughs> where they steal the song from Wet Hot American Summer and it's a scene that is exactly exactly like Top Gun but and yes I said that correctly but it's not Top they're for what like oh, it's ridiculous so what's the verdict out of 10 Negative five thousand. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, that's a big step from the negative five you gave. Um, was it? We give crawl a negative five. That movie is at least bearable for me to watch. This movie, like seriously, there are two reasons I watch this. Number one, because you asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, because I watched it twice in order to find out what was going on. But I'm wow. not. Oh, apparently, it is. It says on IMDb that it's playing on TMC. It yeah. apparently plays on TV. That's weird. Well, um, isn't the uh, Adrian. Grenier character, uh, like a, he's a country guy, so maybe that's why. He's he's uh he's the yeah the, the, <laughs> sorry the, Ryan, continue. The boss of the father in this movie. The Wait. boss is what? Adrian <laughs> Grenier's dad. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. So they're like, they're like sons of, like Michael McKean is the father of Ari Gold, and then some other guys, the the father of Adrian Grenier. Yeah. And that's how they're like linked. 
That's still yeah. stupid. And yeah. Jane Lynch plays the mom, right? She plays, like, her name's Aunt something. She's the oh, dead. So she's an... Oh, okay, so she's an aunt. Well, it says here that it came out on DVD January 25th, which is <laughs> funny because it, was, it came out in 2008. So it's just now. Yeah, I don't think any... It, I don't think it had any money to, like, support it. <laughs> no, not when you've only grossed $17,000. If anyone bought this movie on DVD, <laughs> they deserve to be punched in the face. Well, I think it probably had... People probably got it for the stars that were, you know, headlining it. To me, it looked like um, Hot Rod. That's what it looked like to me. It sort of... It sort of... Uh... Ryan, you said that... You looked on Wikipedia and it won some awards. Yeah. Jeez, what does yeah. it say? What does it say it won on Wikipedia? It's it, oh, it won three awards. Oh lord. Oh lord. Three? Okay. Mine's uh, seven. <laughs> seven. Wow. Under awards on Wikipedia, there's seven lists. On IMDb, they won the jury prize for Fort Collins Tri-Media Festival. Oh, uh, okay. Audience Award for the Memphis Indie Film Festival and the Audience Award for the Val Film Festival. Okay, so basically what happens... It uh, won Best Comedy at the Philadelphia Independent Film Festival. Yeah, all big-time festivals. So what happens (laughs) is there's these little... There's these little city film festivals that they have, like, all around the country, and they get very very slim pickings when it comes to movies so yes like apparently sundance film festival it won an award for that official selection that just means uh, they if, played it yeah official selection means that it that they played it and that was probably just because of the stars that were in it all right ryan you have to give it a score out of 10 what is it i'm gonna i'm gonna say one one out of ten lowest score Lowest score yes. so far. If anything ever, seriously, I've had, I watched it with a friend today, and he told me this is the worst movie I've seen in his life. Mm. Nice. And I'm pretty sure I feel the exact same way. <laughs> well, well, well then. With that uh, being said, keep a lookout for it in our store. Yeah, if you want to see Adventures of Power, check it out in the store. We're going to sell it. Thanks for being with us again, Ryan. We already have next week's lined up for you. so That's going to be Adventures of Power 2. Yep. It's the the even lesser known sequel. It's actually a prequel. And a reboot all at the same time. Did it it's a gross, prequel and a reboot. Did it gross like $35 at Queen's Game Theater? <laughs> yep. They uh, oh, actually, when they when they screened it, the opening night, they made the cast and crew pay to go see it. <laughs> and that's how much it grossed. Okay, that wraps it up. Thank you again, Ryan, for being with us. Yep. And we will see you next week. See you later. Thank you again, Ryan. I'd like to take a minute to talk about Amazon. Amazon. We love Amazon at Film Pulse. We buy all our stuff through Amazon, and you should too. 
Or specifically, you should buy your Amazon stuff through our site at filmpulse.net. Click on the banner in the top right and then just shop as you would normally. You'll be helping out the show and we greatly appreciate it. You can also go to our Film Pulse store and check out some of the DVDs and Blu-rays that we've been talking about throughout the week and some of our favorite picks. So definitely check that out. With titles like Navy Seals. Navy Seals. Buy Navy Seals. Impress your friends. <laughs> uh, I did it today. Again, I bought something through the Amazon banner on our website. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I buy everything. I buy everything through Amazon, and they have like so much stuff. Yes, it's the world's biggest flea market. Yeah, and it's like so cheap, too. That's why I, I love it. It's awesome. Let's get into this conversation about the MPAA and censorship in film. Now, this is something we decided that we wanted to talk about this. Um, we thought that it was relevant because of this big controversy that's happening with um, the Weinstein Company and the MPAA over their new documentary, Bully. Um if you've been going to the site, um, we've been talking about this a lot on the site and in the daily podcast as well. Basically, if you don't know, um, Bully is this documentary about uh, high school bullies. And it was given, when it was submitted to the MPA, it was given an R rating. This, <laughs> this shocked and appalled the Weinstein Company. They immediately appealed um, the appeal got overturned by one vote, and it was still given the R rating. So, as a result, Harvey Weinstein threatened to pull away from the MPAA. Now, basically what this means is uh, the Weinstein Company produces a ton of movies, a lot of movies. And if they pull away from the MPAA, that means that they will be distributing all their movies unrated. And... That's pretty much the kiss of death for any film. So I, I don't know where that's going to go, but the film was rated R for bad language. The argument here is it's a documentary about bullying and yeah. to help kids that are being bullied to cope with it and to try to get help and to try to, you know, and it's a movie for bullies too, I would say, because it's it's letting them know how they the way that they treat people and, and the effect of that and yeah. that they you know so it's a very inspirational story but at the same time um these kids are not going to be able to see it no and no. that's a big issue um it just it blows my mind yeah yeah because of six expletives yeah because they swear six times it gets an r rating and to really be able to talk about this um you kind of have to understand how the mpaa works uh basically the mpaa gives a rating based on a set of guidelines the content <laughs> of the movie doesn't matter the content yeah. is completely irrelevant they go into a movie, they have a checklist, and anytime there's a swear word or a bit of nudity, they check something off on a piece of paper. If it has more than one, like, F word, 
they slap it with the R rating. That's it. Yeah. It it doesn't matter how profound the film is um, or anything. It's if they swear, you know, more than a set number of times, uh, it gets the R. If you can say the F word once and still get a PG thirteen, but anything more than that, R. Which is completely ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, because let's go back to. You know, six expletives in Bully. That's why it gets an R rating. Mm -hmm. So, now try and think back to when we were in school. How many swear words did you think, do you think we probably heard in a day at school, even when we were probably like 12 or 13 years old? Right. And I'm sure... A lot more than six. (laughs) Yeah. And and in this movie, I'm sure that it's the kids that are saying these swear words. It's not the adults that are swearing in this movie it's the film centers around kids yeah it's just it's just so bizarre to me that we're six expletives can't let my kids hear that when every day they go to school and they probably hear it 50 60 times a day yeah and probably much worse things than what they say in that movie oh yeah yeah Kids are creative. This has been an issue, an ongoing issue, between filmmakers and the MPAA. This has been going on since the beginning of the MPAA. Um, It's been a constant battle to try to get your movie out there. And this is just the latest, you know, version of that. Last year we had um, Shame getting an NC-17 rating um, because of some male nudity. Which, I saw Shame and... I don't think that it was any worse than anything else. I mean, just because there's some male nudity, I don't think it should immediately get slapped with an NC-17. Yeah, because it wasn't... Didn't you say that there's male nudity in Wonderlust? Yeah. That, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Male, <laughs> there's male nudity in Wonderlust. So. I forgot. I'm sorry. Wanderlust. Yeah. Wanderlust. Wanderlust. Um, so, for those of you that don't understand how the rating system works, or for those of you that are overseas and don't understand how the U.S. rating system works, um, you have G, PG, PG-13, and R. Now, PG-13 was just introduced in 1984, so there's a lot of movies that came out yeah. before 1984 that have a PG rating that are much more violent than... What? Um, and wasn't that... Because of Spielberg's movies, I think, think like so, Grem- Gremlins and something else. You know, I know that um, Indiana Jones yes. was one where yes. they were kind of because before this it was like either PG or R. So it's yeah. like with Indiana Jones, I mean, it, it's certainly not R-rated, but there was. Um, I think it was in. I can't remember which Indiana Jones. I think it was the first one. Was it Temple the, Temple the, of Doom? No, well, there was yeah, there was that scene in Temple of Doom with the heart, the, Cause it, the heart ripping. But in because um, yeah, because wasn't it they they introduced PG thirteen like, and would you say nineteen eighty four? Yeah, so I think that would have been. I think that was right after. You know, yeah, right after Raiders, Temple of Doom. I think Raiders was the one that they because the, Raiders had that uh, the face melding at the end, and it had the. The, the scene with the guy that walked into the propeller blade 
Ooh. And uh, correct. But if you look at if you look at Indiana Jones, it's rated PG. I mean, maybe they re-rated it since. No, then, they did. They I, did not. They did not. Yeah, but I, I, think so. I think it was on Spielberg's suggestion. I think he actually suggested the PG thirteen rating, and they went with it. Um, the first PG-13 movie was Red Dawn. That was the first one. And you can tell, if you watch Red Dawn, you can tell that, okay, yeah. They were kind of still not really sure how far they wanted to take it because when Red Dawn came out, not only was it the first PG-13 rating, but it had more on-screen deaths than any other movie to date. Wow. Yeah. Also has Powers Booth. Yeah. And I think uh, Patrick Swayze. It was one of um, Charlie Sheen's first roles yeah. too, wasn't I think? Here, Dean Stanton, Leah Thompson. Terrible movie though. Pretty terrible movie. Another movie that I think the first NC-17 movie. Now, before NC-17 came out, um, it was X. Yes. It was either R or X. And NC-17 came about. Um, I'm pretty sure it was after. They came out with PG-13. I think it was like the early, like maybe 1990 or like the late 80s. Yeah, when they, yeah when I they think did, it was 90. <clears throat> that's when they came out with NC-17. I think the first movie that got an NC-17, was it Showgirls? The first one I think was Henry and June. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Directed that by was. Phil Kaufman. Yeah. So that was the first one. Um and that got that got the NC-17 for sex. I'm pretty sure every movie that has received an NC-17 has been for sex. There's pretty been no sure. there's been no NC-17s for violence and certainly not for language. Although I remember when um Clerks came out, there was yes. some uh there was some controversy <laughs> over that because they tried to give it I think that they were trying to give that in NC-17. Yeah, they did at first because of, you know, the dialogue. Because they were just talking about sex. Yeah. (laughs) Which, again, is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, to give... And this kind of goes back to the bully thing because uh, the National Association of Theater Owners has stated if they put out bully with no rating they're going to treat it as if it were an NC-17. Now, I said before that putting out a movie not rated is the kiss of death. Well, putting out a movie that has an NC-17 rating is still a kiss of death. It's still... A few years ago, um, all the big theater chains signed a, a pact, basically, with the MPAA that said they will not um, show any movies that are NC-17. Yeah. Or unrated. So, if you make a movie and you and you get slapped with an NC-17 rating, you're pretty much screwed. It yeah. pretty much means that you're never going to make any money and nobody's ever going to see it. Yeah. Well, the only... I mean, shame... Shame... Well, and a couple other movies, too. You know, sort of took it in a different way and they looked at it as like a badge of honor. So and that's why, yeah. you know, shame didn't even fight it. They were just like, oh, great, NC-17, that's what... That's fine. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't care. But it, a, a lot of it has to do with the director, um, because I think that sometimes the director's more lenient um, and works with the MPA a little bit more to recut the movie to make it bring it down to that R rating. And then some directors are just 
completely set in their ways and they're like no this is this is my movie i'm not changing it for anything if it gets an nc-17 so be it and, that, and that's kind of how shame was and i think in the case of shame it, it did work in its favor because it made it more like i don't want to say notorious but i guess notable because it got <laughs> the nc-17 and you, you do have to say i mean it it's you know double-edged sword in a way because it does help, you know. A lot of people were talking about shame, you know, when they got the NC-17 rating, and of course, everyone's talking about bully getting rated R. You know, that's a lot of publicity for these movies that otherwise, you know, think if bully just got rated PG-13 or whatever, and there was no hoopla over it. You know, we we'd probably be talking about it a little bit, but we're definitely talking about it a lot more now because yeah. of it getting slapped with the R rating. Oh, definitely. But I think. In the case of Bully, like with with Shame, that was great. And, you know, that probably helped, uh, you know, sell some tickets to it. But with Bully, I think that they're more concerned about kids seeing it. Like they really want like um, they had this big campaign where they were showing it to all these um, high schools around the country for free. And um, they had deals going with all these school districts where they were able to take their kids to go see this movie. And then after they got hit with the R rating, they could no longer do that. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I think in in the case of Bully, yeah, it's getting it's certainly getting more uh, notoriety, but at the same time, it's still going to hurt the movie because the people that the movie's intended for are still not going to be able to go see it unless they get, you know, their parents to take them. Yeah. Or if they like sneak in or whatever. If it does go out unrated, then it's going to be really hard to see it. Most theaters won't even play it. Yeah. So in that case, I think it's kind of bad, um, especially because it's a movie that's meant for kids. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's meant it's, to help kids. That's what just, you know, it's sort of bizarre. It's like, do they not realize that? I mean, and it, I know that they say that they sort of go in, it doesn't matter what context it's in, but they have done it before where in context it's different. You know, take a movie like Saving Private Ryan, that's mm-hmm. just bloody as all hell, but, you know, it's depicting World War II and everything, so in that context, it's okay, yes. you know, it's okay, we're not going to give it an NC-17 rating or anything like that. Yeah, but I still think, uh, but still, I mean, if Saving Private Ryan had a lot of uh, sex in it, <laughs> I think that they would be more inclined to. But, <laughs> yeah, but also, true. actually, that and and Schindler's List is another one that comes to mind where it was so graphic and brutal, but they the MPAA was very lenient on it. But uh, that brings me to my next point: uh, the MPAA tends to be much, much more lenient on. St- big budget studio films rather than oh, yeah. uh, low budget indies. Um, this is very relevant um, to what's going on now because we're seeing a lot more indie films come out. And uh, a good example is between Black Swan and Blue Valentine. They both came out around the same time. They both had the same type of um, sex scene in it uh, that... Black Swan, because it was a bigger studio film, 
was easily handed the R rating, whereas yeah. Blue Valentine was initially given an NC-17. because Which, which was also it, Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah it's, 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 it seems like, you know, I, I think they just don't really like him that much. <laughs> no, because I think he stands up to him. He, yeah. he really... He really stands up to him, and he really stands up for the movies, you know, that he's backing, and he really goes to bat for those movies. Um, but anyway, like uh, after resubmitting it and appealing it, Blue Valentine eventually did get an R rating, but it was a battle, yeah. and a lot of this is attributed to the members of the MPAA also being some of the major studio executives so right there that tells us that there's something wrong with how this organization is yeah, laid this, out. yeah there's definitely a conflict of interest you can't you can't have somebody that's a studio executive be the one who's basically deciding the fate of a movie yeah it's just it's something that should not happen no because you know they get to rate their competition yeah. And Essentially. It's, it's really, really bad. I don't understand how they can let this go. And there's a lot of people that are speaking out against the MPAA, saying that they're a monopoly. And I certainly agree with that. Um, I think that people don't realize how much power the MPAA has. It's much more than just like a parental guide, you know, yeah. for rating a movie. They. There, there's so many movies that have to be cut and recut and edited to conform to their standards that yeah. a lot of the movies that we see aren't even what the director intended. But it, it should be noted that, you know, bef- well, before they signed their little agreement and everything, it it's completely voluntary. Yes, you know, for, yeah, it is voluntary. You, you don't have to send your movie into the MPAA and get it rated, you know. But like we said, if you don't do it, you have a really time, really hard time distributing the movie, especially now, when you're talking about you know big time chains like AMC and all the other you know Regal, all the other movie theater chains in the country. They're not going to show it. Actually, um, since you mentioned AMC, I thought that this was. I just thought of this. Um, they broke their pact with the MPAA last year. And um, released the remake of I Spit on Your Grave, oh, which, yeah? was, which was unrated because they, if I remember correctly, they submitted it to the MPAA. The MPAA gave it an NC-17, and then they decided to distribute the movie unrated. Yeah. And AMC agreed to distribute it in its theaters. And it also, last year, released Hatchet 2, which was another horror movie that was unrated. However... They played it for one or two days, and there was such an outcry to get it pulled that they had to t- pull it from all their theaters mm-hmm. because it was they put it out and it was unrated. Now, I saw Hatchet 2, by the way, and the uh, remake of I Spit on Your Grave, and they were, they were both bad, but like Hatchet 2, to me, that probably could have gotten an R rating, but yeah. I Spit on Your Grave... I mean, just just think about the title. It's <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, it's also crazy to think of like old 
Disney movies that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. That are rated, you know, PG, and they're considered, oh, that's what you show kids. There's some terrible stuff in those movies. Yeah. Just terrible things. Yep. But, that's ah, alright. It's animated. Who cares? No, it's Disney. Disney <laughs> yeah, can do Disney. no wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, and you look at other countries, you look at other other rating systems in other countries, and historically, other countries uh, favor rating violence much more harshly than, than sex yeah. or language. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, in other countries, they don't even really rate language, you know, unless it's, and they're much more focused on content rather than quantity of, you know, breasts or, you know, swear words. Yes. They're, they're, they're much more focused on what, what the film stands for. Yeah, we're definitely, uh, we definitely seem to be a sexually repressed country. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like... You look at, you know, um, the BBC and BBC Two channels in the UK, and they... You can do whatever you want on those. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> you, can, you can say whatever you want. You can, you know, show nudity. I don't think they're allowed to show, like, gratuitous. Well, I think but... they have, like, sort of a... I think it's sort of like an unwritten, or it might even be written, where they have, you know, after a certain time... Yeah. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, they've gotten a little bit better as far as TV goes with that. Because, like, now on TV, after 10 o'clock, you can say shit. You know, like, oh, there's, like, FX and AMC shows. They they can get away with saying shit. That's my favorite one, because to me, that's not even a swear word. No, come on. Like, shit and damn it, (laughs) to me, are not swear words. No. I think but it needs to be revised. Like, I, I think that the entire words? I think that the entire MPA rating system needs to be revised. They're using the same system that they developed in 1968. Yeah. And oh, what another thing I just thought of this because I was thinking of you know swear words and stuff is uh, if if I don't know if you have if you've ever seen Pat Oswalt do his uh, his bit about you know where he like cleans up his act cuz you know no, he uses yeah that. he uses a lot of swear words and stuff so he's like okay this is what I would normally say if I was just in a club or something this is what you would hear he's like but this is what would would actually work on TV so you know he changes all this sexual stuff you know and uses different words and everything and it's actually allowed to be shown on TV it's you know completely clean but the way it's done is it sounds so much worse than <laughs> if he just swore. It just sounds so disgusting and vile. But you can say it on TV. And, he, you know, he actually did it on TV and stuff. And it's just like, wow, they'll allow that. But simple swearing, they won't yeah, allow. It's a no-go. That's a no-go. I mean, it, it, it's definitely time. I'm really hoping that this whole bully controversy... It, Make some stirs things up a little bit with yeah. the MPA. I, I really don't think that people will let them, you know, ruling over all these movies, yeah, with an iron fist. I don't think that they'll stand for that for much longer. I really don't. I mean, when you look at, you know, the exploitation films of the late 60s and 70s, they were so much worse 
than today. Yeah. And you could go to any theater in the country and see those. And to me, like that's not that's not progress. I feel like movies nowadays, you know, even like the movies that are attended to like, you know, shock you like the human centipede movies and stuff. I mean, the second human centipede, I don't even think that got a theater run. I think that they came out that straight to um video on demand. Mm. I think the first one did get a limited theater run. But I, I think with the second one, they didn't even bother because they knew. Yeah. They knew. The well, first one, I mean, the first one, it's R-rated. It's I would say it's a solid, a hard R. The second one, there would be no way in hell that it would get an R rating. Yeah. It was so over the top and horrible. <laughs> it's just terrible. What's us? It's just, it's one of those things that I wish people would realize that now... They do, you know, they have power. The MPAA definitely has power, but that's only because of because people perceive them to have power. Like, if they would just realize that, like, hey, we don't need the MPAA. We don't, we don't need this. We can, people are going to watch movies without the MPAA rating them. <clears throat> so if they would just drop them. And that, that's something that I think is going to be happening a lot more in the future because we have services like on demand yeah, yeah, exactly. and, and, we have that and, now. Um, and Netflix and Hulu where there's anything goes, you can put anything you want on there, you know, with the exception of like porn. Um, but I think on demand, you can watch porn on demand too, but you can put your movie out. You can watch human centipede two on, on demand. No problem. Yeah. So I think that, eventually what's going to happen is, and it's already happening, people aren't going to the theater as much anymore. No. It costs a lot of money. It's a hassle, you know. And, and like we always say, it sucks a lot of times. The people in movie theaters are, a lot of times, I hate to say it, they're assholes. Yeah. They're very disrespectful, and sometimes it's just a f***ing miserable experience. The casual moviegoer. Yeah, people love them. talking... You know, on their cell phones, it's just, oh my god. I can't stand it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it's a nightmare. Especially if you go to, like, midnight showings of movies. When when I have to go to, like, a midnight showing to review a movie, it's always terrible. If it's, like, uh, you know, open to the public or whatever, it's it's so bad. And, you know, I I think that, I really do think that things are going to change with that. Because theater attendance is going to keep going down. And people are going to start realizing, like, something has to be done with this. And I think, um, if anything, the MPA should be switching it up a little bit, getting some more regulation in there. Yeah. Uh, and it, another thing that, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard about this at all, but, you know, Louis C.K. a little while ago, you know, did a show at the Beacon Theater, and he filmed it yeah. himself and everything, and he just put it out on his website, you know, $5, yep. download it, you can watch it, you can, he even said, you know, you can copy it, give it to your friends, you know, he just wanted to see how it would work, how much money, you know, would people actually pay right off of his site. Yep. He made a shit ton of money off of this. He made a million dollars. Yeah. Yep, he got a he got a million dollars, probably more by now, but... Yeah. 
he got a million in like the first, uh, I think it was out for like less than a month and he got a million dollars. He ended up giving a lot of it away. He yeah. gave like a, a ton of it away. Yeah. He gave what, uh, I think he said, or it says here, it's the first 250,000 was, you know, essentially to pay for what the special cost him to produce and everything. The second was going to, you know, his staff that helped him do it, sort of like a bonus. And then the third was 280000 that he went, he gave out to like five different charities. Yep. And then he kept like 220000 for, you know, so, his family and stuff. So if anything, that is proof that you can put stuff out there that is completely independent of a record label or in uh you know a production company or distributor and, and you can make it work. Yeah. I mean he's he's probably going to do that for everything now and he'll make a ton of money. Well, you know, a little bit after that Jim Gaffigan came out and said that that's how he's going to do his next special. He's just, you know, going to do everything himself and just release it on his website. Yeah. Which I, I think and- it's genius. Yeah, I mean, it cuts out the middleman. They still make a ton of money from it. I mean, I don't think Louis C.K. had any idea he was going to make that much no. from it. But people and- see that, and they see that they they know that that $5, not only is it going to be well spent, because they're going to get like a two-hour special that's got like new, you know, that's good, but it's also going to go right to the artist. And I think that people like that. Yeah. And and I like the idea of being able to spend $5 and own something, you know, rather than paying $15 to go see a crappy movie. Yeah. And that's the other thing, you know, sort of even Tim and Eric, you know, had their whole campaign mm-hmm. to not have the movie be pirated and everything. And I was definitely more sympathetic, sympathetic towards them because, you know, I see them as actual artists they made this they took the time it cost them money and they just want to try and recoup some of that money you know they're trying to make a living so when you see them out and talking about it it's like okay yeah these are real people did you see all the celebrity the celebrities that signed the petition that they're going to go see the um tim and eric instead of the lorax Mm -hmm. youtube (laughs) the the paul rudd one was so funny yeah those are good. Definitely check out Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie if you haven't. Really good. Yes. A little plug for Tim and Eric there. You're welcome, guys. Well, I think that does... Did you uh, want to add anything about film censorship Ooh, and the MPAA? Just one thing real quick. Uh, MPAA can go f*** itself. And I yeah. hate them. That's about it, really. Yeah. Go f*** yourself, MPAA. We don't want you here anymore. Get out. Hit your face. Uh, one other quick thing that we'd like to add. You should definitely check out the movie. This film is not yet rated. It gives a much more in-depth look at the MPAA. And it's just a fantastic documentary directed by Kirby Dick. Definitely check that one out. Yes. Absolutely. If, yeah, if you're interested in the MPAA ratings and how everything works definitely check that out the movie itself got an nc-17 (laughs) rating so it's definitely worth uh checking out just for that Um, which which didn't they didn't they uh like not go with it they just went unrated they released it unrated i thought um 
I don't remember. I re- well, I remember that that's actually a plot point in the movie. Like they um, throughout the movie, I guess when he has the rough cut done, he documents the entire process of submitting it to the MPAA, getting it rejected, all the phone calls that he has to to go through. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The appeals, all that stuff. Um, and he did lose all the appeals. Um, basically, in the movie, they show clips from other movies that got the NC-17, like the clip that made it an NC-17. So naturally, they're going to give that movie an NC-17. But he also really pissed him off by making that movie. Um, yes. Because basically, the MPAA is... For all intents and purposes, they're a secret society. I mean, they they don't let... It's not public record who the members are, and it's very secretive. And he, in the movie, uncovers a lot of the identities of the people who are in the MPAA. And, and it's just a great movie, and, and it should definitely be checked out by anybody that's into film. Yeah. Especially if you're like an aspiring filmmaker, so you can kind of see how the process works and what you're going to be up against if you make a movie that's anything risque. Yes. <laughs> okay, I think that wraps it up for another thrilling episode. As always, we welcome your feedback and comments. You can email us at podcast at filmpulse.net. Uh, you can also check out our site and comment on any of our articles any of our podcasts uh just go to www.filmpulse.net we can also be found on facebook twitter itunes stitcher all the places that you would imagine tweets send us a tweet tweets join us next week when we will be back with ryan making him watch another movie which by the way i already picked out and what is I will it tell you, i'll tell you about it at the uh oh. recording oh. We needed to have a. I want to have like sort of like a contest to see how long it takes until he watches a movie that he actually likes. Like how many movies mm. in? How many movies in until he actually likes one? And what? I thought just, he was gonna. I actually thought he was gonna like Adventures of Power. Well, I'm surprised to look back at because I'm also thinking of doing this. I think we need to make you know sort of uh, like a list on the website. And just have like little snippets, you know, write out what, you know, just like a quick synopsis or what his thoughts were on the movie, you know, just sort of like a a database of -hmm. everything. And it's funny to look back and to see that I think the movie that he liked the most was a Serbian film. Yeah. Out of all of them. Yeah, I think it was. (laughs) I mean, certainly that, honestly, though, that that was probably the best, the most well made of of yeah. all of them so far. I, yeah, I really I, think that it was. But uh, we'll we'll see. I can guarantee you next week's film he will not like. <laughs> so Fantastic. That does it. That's a show. My name is Adam. I'm Kevin. And we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>